Welcome to Season 4, Episode 6 of the Family Travel Australia Podcast. We are Paul, Katie and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome back. Hello again. Here we are, the journey to the outback commences. Woohoo! It is exciting. We have really talked at length about our journey to the outback Queensland and how much we loved that and the contrast mm. of, I guess, growing up and living on the coast as many Australians do. And so to get back to the outback, it's exciting. It is. I mean, there just isn't anywhere else like it, is there, with the wide open spaces and the colour of the dirt and the contrast of just the incredible nature out there. It's an amazing environment. It really is. Something that uh, really struck both of us was the similarities to outback Queensland. However, the I think the hills or the, the different ranges that we've driven through and across and then you're into open plains again, which look a little more like Western Queensland, but just that changing landscape, mm. even though it is a consistent red and those pops of green, uh, there is some differences, which is really cool to see just how it's ever changing. Mm. And doesn't it give you a different perspective out here? You really realise how small you are when you are in a landscape that is just so epically massive yes. and as far as your eye can see. It's true. It can make you feel a little bit insignificant. Yeah. And, you know, I actually think that's quite a good thing because it puts things into perspective and makes you really realise that, you know, all of those big things that you've got bumping around in your head that might be troubling you or, you know, stressing you or giving you whatever form of grief, when you are out there and you realise that you are actually a little bit insignificant, then it does make those things feel like that as well. That's my thought on it anyway. Yeah, there's actually a great story about an astronaut during the American space race. And I'm not sure if it was Neil Armstrong. It might have been one of the his co-noughts. But he was up there and he's looking out his little window in the cone of the rocket back to Earth and he pulls out a quarter, you know, a 25-cent piece, you know, from America, and he holds it up and he's able to shift it and basically cover up the entire Earth with this coin. And he remarks, wow, the entire problems of Earth on the size of a quarter. Mm. And it, it really is like that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. It does make you realise that there is... A lot more going on out there than just mm. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, good advice. Okay, so leaving Nundal and their beautiful country I love charm. Nundal. Yes, and that rum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how was your head? Oh, look, it was a little foggy and interesting. <laughs> thanks, Drew. <laughs> yes, thank you, Drew. The day that we left Nundal, it was a picture-perfect day. Oh, it was actually chilly. The best of the weather was the day we left, mm-hmm. which is sometimes hard to take. But uh, I think that the chilliness, the crisp air and uh, and that changing kind of blowing of weather actually added to the experience. Yeah, for sure. Nundal, 
over winter, I think, or Chaffee Dam over winter would just be even more spectacular than what we what we experienced. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so from there, we were heading to Gilgandra, but we decided to take a little detour via Gunnedah to continue on our great silo trail of Australia to check out a fairly new piece of art, which was the Dorothea McKellar My Country Silos. Yeah, how exciting. This one was uh, one we definitely had to go and stop by and was just mentioned to us briefly uh, when we were talking about which way we would head to Gilgandra. And wasn't it just amazing? I mean, these silos, they, they never fail to just blow you away with the scale and the quality of the artwork. What was interesting about this silo was that it was on privately owned land and so you couldn't access the silo as close as what you can with many of the others on the trail. It blows me away. These are ginormous silos that an artist is able to take a picture in their head and translate that onto a curved surface. We've said this before. It is just incredible and get the scale absolutely right. Yeah, I was impressed with how beautiful Mm. she looked. Oh, yeah. And was depicted. Uh, I thought that was, yeah, there was something in her facial feature and expression that had almost a sense of yearning, which is interesting because it, is what she was speaking to when she wrote this very famous, you know, almost Australian anthem for for Australia and its landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the great part of this story is that she's sitting over in England. She actually has a recording of her reciting this famous poem and listening to her voice. I mean, you couldn't get any more you know, English plum in her mouth mm. and rolling her eyes. You know, it's an interesting voice and tone. And she's Australian. She was born in Gunnedah. She's over in England and she's sitting there in a tea garden with her friend who is English and saying how much she was missing Australia. And her friend s- said, well, but it doesn't have all of these things that England has. And so they had this almost debate about the differences and the beauty and, well, her friend obviously couldn't understand because she'd never been to Australia. And so she went and wrote this poem in the late 1800s and the first stanza, as they call it, reflects on England and then the second stanza, which is the famous bit, the bit we all love and know, I love a sunburnt country, a land of sweeping plains, is the part that really, really perfectly speaks to this country. Particularly out here in the outback. I mean, once you've been out here, you can really understand what Dorothea was writing about Mm. and how awesome that Jasper grabbed onto this as Mm. much as he did as well. You know, he wanted to know what are those words up there on the silo? And so we, we read them out to him and then we had a discussion about it and he really grabbed onto it, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. I also think that it's an amazing period of time for her to, she didn't go home and write it and say, here it is. She actually changed it and worked on this piece for a good 
two or three years, I think, from mm, what we amazing. read. Amazing. Uh, and eventually, it was published here in Australia in like nineteen hundred and eight, or in the, in the early part of the nineteen wow. hundreds, and made her incredibly famous. She went on to write a lot of literature, and we actually had an opportunity then because Jasper loved the words and the fact that they rhymed that we recorded him reciting this poem and we will share that in a couple of episodes with some beautiful footage of our journey through Australia so far so stay tuned for that. Yeah I loved watching you guys record that through our podcast system so you can imagine Jasper sitting up with his headphones on at the microphone. The thing that got me the most is that Yes, he loved the words and they rhyme. And at first it was just that, um, I guess, that interest in wanting to know, you know, tell me what that says. What is that poem? But the more that we went through it with him, the more he really understood the lines and he really got the feeling of what Dorothea McKellar was expressing through her words. And so when it came to recording <laughs> yeah. through the podcast system with Paul, the, the amount of expression that came out of this little four-year-old reciting this poem that is, mm. you know, over 100 years old. He even explained to me what she was feeling in her heart. And I thought, wow, that's, uh, yeah, that's amazing that you've grabbed onto that. So, Isn't yeah, it incredible that a beautiful. piece like that can, you know, stand the test of time? And Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we left Dorothea and Gunada. And continued on to Gilgandra, and during that short leg, Jasper fell asleep. Always good when you're in the car. (laughs) So we'd planned to do just over 300 kilometres, but he was asleep. I felt good. It was still fairly early in the day. Yeah, we were still being nice to each other. (laughs) So we continued on, and we just kept driving. Uh, And as we continued west, the sun forever to dip and so it got to 6.30 and we'd made it to Cobar and that was oh, 10 and a half hours later mm-hmm. and oh gosh almost 650 kilometres of a very long drive day for us one of the longest we've ever experienced but a very enjoyable mm. easy day together I loved it. Yeah it's interesting um, you know it is such a long time to be in the vehicle and of course that total amount of time takes in stops and, you know, food stops and wee stops and coffee stops yes. and all of that as well, petrol stops. Um, so you're not driving for that amount of time. But it was an easier mm. day in the car and I guess that's because of the road conditions and the weather as well. Um, and so we thought, well, let's just make the most of it and get ourselves just a wee bit further down the road towards Broken Hill, you know, when you've got that that goal in sight, pushing through and, and, you know, getting there a little bit earlier is always such a reward. It is. And Cobar, we had no preconceived kind of understanding of this area or region. And you arrive to what is a very impressive entry statement Mm. to the town uh, and worth pulling your van around or your vehicle and getting a selfie because it's um, this beautiful, massive, uh, rusted old iron sign that the letters must be a couple of metres high mm-hmm. each and then uh, cut out statues of different miners 
and in different positions of work posing above this sign and it's yeah it's very impressive yeah in fact i've been really impressed sort of from cobar onwards with uh, the the entry statements as we've pulled into these regional outback towns it is quite impressive yeah it really is and cobar caravan park or tourist park was also quite a surprise mm. there was drive through sites it was really well treated i guess you have this notion it's in the desert, it's going to be dry and dust bowl, and uh, it wasn't that at all. Yeah, well, I guess Cobar's really the last major town mm-hmm. before you, you hit that basically highway going directly west to get out to Broken Hill. And so it was a bit of a surprise for us. I don't think either of us really knew what to expect. And pulling into the caravan park, um, it was fantastic. We, we called them... They were lovely, the lady I spoke with, and she said to me, look, we're not going to be in the office. The office will be closed by the time you guys get here. Just drive in, find a site, we'll see you in the morning, which, you know, isn't that awesome after a massive drive day? Very easy, yes. And we literally did. We drove in, we found a site, we reversed in, we jumped out of the car, Paul fired up the Weber, we made some dinner, like it was all very quick and easy. and and No one hitching. It was uh, a really great long site. (laughs) And beautiful gum trees and, yeah, to fire up the Weber and have a super healthy and delicious meal after a long drive is is awesome as well. Yeah, it is. And um, there was actually a lot of action happening in Cobar uh, that particular afternoon when we arrived and that was because the following day there was a state funeral being held in Cobar. That's right. For the mayor, Lillian Brady, who... I had to Google this because I just thought, how incredible and what are all of these people doing out here? And this person must be extraordinary to have a state funeral. You know, it's a pretty big deal. And and so I did a bit of Googling the next day and what an incredible woman Lillian Brady was. Uh, she was New South Wales' longest serving female mayor. I think she was representing Cobar and in position of of mayor out here for 23 years. And in fact, she was still serving at the time of passing away at the age of 90. Mm -hmm. Now, if that doesn't inspire you to do something impressive with Mm -hmm. your life, I just thought, what an incredible woman. Mm -hmm. She's out here in, you know, somewhere that's remote She's out in the West. She's representing the people who live out here and they're dealing with things that those of us who come from the coastal areas of Australia probably don't even take into account just due to the very nature of the location of where they live. And she's been out here doing this for the better part of what we would refer to as the afternoon of her life, looking after these people. How incredible Mm. and so deserving of a state funeral. Yeah, look, they had over 2,000 people there. Actually, what triggered our questioning of what was going on was they'd closed part of the streets and had 2,000 chairs out ready for the service the next morning and people coming in from all over the country Mm. to really remember and celebrate her life. So, yeah, that was impressive. We actually met a couple of guys from an event company Fed them some dinner. Well, we did because they they commented about, oh, yeah, well, lucky you've got, you know, (laughs) the weather going and we have to work. And so we we actually had some extras. So we 
we fed them and gee, they were so thankful. They sure they? were. They're like, wow, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice. That was nice. But we left Coba uh, early the next morning and we continued on for our second day of driving all the way to Broken Hill. Uh, a bit of a shorter day, only 450 kilometres or thereabouts. And our first stop was 150 kilometres west of Coba, about 100 kilometres east of Wilcania, at a little roadhouse called Emdale Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Which basically was a roadhouse in the middle of nothing. <laughs> It's exactly what it is. It, there is nothing. And the company that supplies the fuel there is, I believe, a South Australian company called MoGas, M-O-Gas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that, never even seen it, you know, and I guess when you you know, come from the Gold Coast, that's you don't see much MoGas petrol stations around. And anyway, I, I went to fill up and I couldn't get the Bowser nozzle out of its cradle. So I'm giving it a good you know, yank literally. And I looked down and it's got a padlock on it. And I, I said to Kate, oh, I guess uh, it's a bit wild out here in the West. <laughs> Lock the doors. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I went in and asked for a key and the owner operator said, no, no, we don't give out keys, mate. I'll come with you. And I said, okay, this is he does, he's sussing me out. He's thinking, this guy's a city slicker. He's going to do a runner. So anyway, he came out and we had a good laugh actually and a, and, and a good chat about this scenario uh, and then pulled around to the roadhouse and we decided to have an early lunch and the food was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, the Emdale Burger, give it a go. Yeah, I was really, really happy with mine. Jasper, if you watch the YouTube footage, was extremely happy with his raisin toast that he ordered. Um, But what a surprise. You know, you think you're never really sure what to expect, particularly when, again, you're out here so remote uh, and pulling up at a roadhouse like this, you know, I'm not too sure what I'm going to get. We got friendly service, we got great food and a welcomed rest from being back in the car again. Yeah, that's right. And they also had a a surfboard up as a sign to the outside bar area that said Emdale Surf Club. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was quite funny. A bit of good humour. Yeah, there's always that Australian larrikin fun in mm-hmm. these places that you can find these quirky moments. So we continued on to Will Kenya. Uh, Will Kenya had been described to us as a place to not stop. Mm. You know, someone will steal your hubcaps or your wheels or. Yeah, by, and, but I mean, by a good number of people too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so we actually did have enough fuel on board to continue on through. But as we were driving through, there's all these beautiful sandstone buildings and. Uh, then Katie Googling again, there's some incredibly rich history, cultural mm. history. And in fact, it was known as the third largest port. Inland port. Yes. Yeah. In Australia in its in its heyday. Uh, remarkable. So we'll stop next time mm. and actually have a better look around. I, I think it's easy sometimes just to take, you know, people's, um, story of, of, of an experience at full value and maybe sometimes you shouldn't do that. I think that's our lesson in this one was that 
I think some of those comments have just been passed down over time. Don't stop there. They'll steal your wheels, you know, or you'll get harassed, mm. uh, you know, by the local Aboriginal community. And, you know, I, I do believe there are some issues within that community, but it actually looks more like a ghost town to us as we drove through and some beautiful history there worth checking out. Well, and we've also met a number of Broken Hill locals in the weeks following who have said to us, you know, oh gosh, you've got to get out to Wilcannia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So yeah. interesting contrast. Yeah, and I, and I guess it's sometimes you you need to you know get get in and have a look for yourself and make your own opinion. Mm. So yeah, good lesson for us. We continued on to the next roadhouse, which was called Little Topar. Oh gee, I enjoyed this. Me too. Again, it was such a welcome relief to get out of the car, stretch the legs. It was hot. <laughs> It was, I think it was 36 or 37 degrees uh, and to walk into this almost like time capsule again, some of these roadhouses, it's like, they, I don't think they've changed in 20 years or 30 years, you know, they're the same and, and will be the same for another 20 or 30 years. And again, welcoming smile, g'day guys, what can we get you? Cold beer? Well, it was the coldest beer I think we have ever had. We shared a, a beer mm-hmm. and wow. It was. <laughs> it was uh, so I'm cold. generally not a beer drinker and it was amazing. <laughs> so cold, so enjoyable. Jasper found this huge Tonka truck, flatbed Tonka truck, and asked with his best manners to the lovely ladies behind the bar, can I play with it? And they were like, yeah, of course, Dal, you go for it. So then he proceeded to sit on it and drive himself all around the floor of the roadhouse while but, others were sitting up at the bar. Yeah, and, between the truck drivers who yeah. were very playful and everyone was really upbeat, weren't they, in that little roadhouse? It was fantastic. Mm. Fantastic. And they uh, have started a a bit of a new tradition because there's new owners in place where they're collecting caps from passers-by. And so we had a couple of caps to share with them as well and they put them up. And so that was cool. That would be something that we can go, oh, yeah, we put that up there, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that actually because I know there are a lot of quirky pubs, particularly again in the outback and and rural areas of Australia that collect different items. You know, I've seen pictures of the the pub where all the ladies take their bra off and and hang it from the ceiling and and lots of different things. But yeah, these guys were collecting caps, which was pretty cool. And they were just lovely, lovely people. Great to have a chat with. You know, again, it's it's just fascinating meeting people who live out in these areas, particularly somewhere like that, yes, Mm. which is a long way from any major hub. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just, oh, gosh, I forgot some milk. I better pop down the corner store. There's none of that happening. You've got to get in your car and be prepared for a drive. Just really lovely people. Yeah, so both those roadhouses, Emdale and Little Topar, would be definitely worth a visit when you're travelling through this area. And if you're going to Broken Hill from Cobar, it's pretty well the only way you can yeah. go, so <laughs> yes. don't drive past. No, no, because they are a fair distance in between and you will want to get out and just have a stretch and have a break mm. for a minute. Yeah, we also picked up some beautiful drone footage of us driving oh, um, and stopped and uh, because 
don't know, you pass someone every 20 or 30 minutes. It's pretty quiet out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we continued on to Broken Hill and, gee, it was exciting to get to our caravan park, the Broken Hill Tourist Park. And, again, I, I actually, for the first time in a while, did the check-in on this one. I said to Kate, no, no, you you rest up. I'll, I'll go in and meet and uh, and do the check-in. And so it was nice to to have that welcome and, you know, here's the shadiest spot we've got. We've got brand new amenities. Make sure you check those out. They had a jumping pillow, uh, a beautiful pool and barbecue mm-hmm. area. They've done a, a really fantastic job on giving this whole van park uh, a pretty impressive facelift. Mm. Yeah, definitely. They sure have. And it was just, again, such a, a great feeling to have arrived, to be able to set up. Jasper, of course, was extremely happy to be out of the car after two fairly solid days of, of driving and just to know, okay, here we are. We've reached our destination where we've got the next few weeks to really get in and experience Law. And of course, Broken Hill greeted us with beautiful, wonderful, extremely hot temperatures. Extremely, extremely hot. Yeah, it was getting close to 38, I think, degrees. It, it hadn't hit 40, but yeah, we are excited to bring you the Broken Hill special mm-hmm. next week. And, you know, Katie remarked in a radio interview that we did with actually Broken Hill ABC. Uh, they they interviewed us about our travels and and how we are going as a family on full time on the road, which was wonderful. Uh, but you said expect the unexpected oh. when they asked you what you thought of Broken mm-hmm. Hill. So we can't wait to share that uh, unexpected experiences that we have enjoyed this last week. Absolutely, next week. Okay, before we go, uh, we have got a, a really awesome opportunity for you to win a pretty incredible prize pack. In fact. It's called the Ultimate Feel Good Road Trip Pack. Definitely, and it's super easy to enter. Now, the prize includes a motorhome holiday, thanks to our really great mates at Apollo. We are throwing in a brand new GoPro 9 and accessories because you will want to capture the memories that you make on the road in your motorhome. And we have some awesome caravan and camping accessories to throw in there as well. The prize value is over two and a half thousand dollars. And all you have to do to enter is join us online at our website, become a part of our online community by subscribing all the w's.thefeelgoodfamily.com.au. We won't harass you. We send out an e-newsletter once a month to say, hey, here's where we are. This is what's happening in our world with some great tips and information. So jump online, join our community and be in the draw for this amazing prize. How awesome good is it? Awesome prize, particularly the GoPro. Yes. It is It is the best camera that we've got. We've got a couple of them that we use, one in the car and one handheld, and they're just incredible cameras. So good luck. Got to be in it to win it. And we will leave it at that for this week. But for now, dream big. Look after yourself. Look after your family. And happy trails. Happy trails.